0: to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government.
2: The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history.
0: I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on The Fringe FM. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, the network website, thefringe.fm. And if you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. I did a lot of thinking over the weekend, particularly about the kinds of topics we've discussed on the show in the last two weeks. Lots of shows on history. That's always been my favorite subject, I think. And I think part of history also takes you into the esoteric, it takes you into the occult, it takes you into what we call magic. So I've developed a natural sense, a natural feel for those subjects as well, because they're all a part of history. To understand those things, you have to read philosophy, you have to read symbolism, theology, anthropology, and of course, books that have been written by people on the subjects. And so when you do that, you obtain quite a bit of perspective about quite a bit of things, because the esoteric and the occult, despite being branded as evil and heretical to religion, actually provide you with an understanding of many theological dogmas and faiths and beliefs, at least from the perspective of understanding the symbols and the metaphors and things of this nature. So I've always loved history for that reason, and I think it's, it's probably propelled me into this passion here on radio, the passion to do what I do five nights a week. And I'll be honest with you, it's overwhelming sometimes, and some weeks, you know, I'm not paid to do this. We have subscriptions, and people buy the books I've written, like the technological elixir. But other than that, you know, I do this freelance, So some weeks I I take a day off and I'm learning. It's part of that process of growth. I'm learning to take better care of myself. I take good care of myself when it comes to exercise and when it comes to food, but I really need to take better care of myself mentally when it comes to stress and anxiety and really embrace the current because the current is pulling me in a certain direction rather than rowing against it. We all need to be better acquainted where the current wishes to take us, the, the ebb and flow of life. There's also, I think, you could call that the organic ebb and flow of life. There, There is an ebb and flow. You can call it intuition that guides you to do certain things. You can call it synchronicity when certain things become synchronistic. Like a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine gave me a book, and then I got a call from someone on the phone like two, three days later. I haven't spoke to them, well, I have really, really never spoke to them a lot, maybe three times on the phone in the last four years, and they called me just to tell me that they think I should read this book, and it turns out to be the same book that my friend just gave me to borrow. It's a Rudolf Steiner book on the hidden esoterica, so I've got that on my I have a whole bookshelf just of books I'm reading. So that's synchronistic, and that's part of the ebb and flow of life. But there's another kind of ebb and flow, I think. And for as much as history can provide us with oracle to determine the patterns of—you could argue that it is a pattern of nature, a pattern of human nature—but that it provides us with a pattern to understand, if we understand the past, to understand what's happening in the present and therefore what we can foresee in the future. Because if you you were a historian and you you don't have to be like a PhD historian, I mean, I'm a historian. It doesn't mean that, you know, I've written volumes and volumes. I I didn't write the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. It's a really great uh, compilation of material if you ever read that. I haven't read the whole thing, but it's a really great book. Uh, there's also the rise and fall of the Fourth Reich. Those are really good books. So, you know, that's we think of historians like that, or Herodotus, or something like this. Men like this, you know. But but history histo- historians are people that understand history, and so if you if you understand history and you can kind of project the past onto the present and onto the future, for those who don't understand history, they think one of two things. They think, if they don't have an open mind, well, this person's crazy. What are you talking about? And for others, they might think, you know, this person is a is a prophet. How, how do you know that's going to happen, especially if you can demonstrate that this is what will happen next based on the patterns of his, history and the patterns of human nature? or the patterns of nature, whatever you choose to call it. One of the examples I could give you is that if you follow the Chinese Communist Revolution, or I should just call it the Communist Revolution because it's really a a stain on the people and the culture of China, going back to 1948. But if you look at the Chinese Revolution, the Communist Revolution, in 1952, the government in Beijing claimed that these massive chemical, biological attacks were waged on China. It wasn't true. They said the Americans dropped, insected in, uh, insected. They dropped infected insects and things like this. And this was all fraudulent fake. I've talked about this many times on the show. It's a really interesting story, though, because what happened as a result of that were people were afraid. And despite the fact that it was untrue, people started to use whatever they could use, chemicals, etc., to clean cities and their homes because they were afraid of being infected with something, you know, that was released as a biological agent. And one of the things that they did was they started wearing masks over their face. And so you, you could say, well, the people wear masks today in China because of the pollution. Well, sure, because of the increased, rapid increase in the the uh, the industrialization of China, you know, after Mao died. But overall, the the, the idea of wearing masks went back to this cleaning campaign in the 50s where they just were lied to. People were terrified. They, they were told that there was, you know, disease spreading, but there actually wasn't a disease spreading. It was all fake. It was all fraudulent. So that kind of aligns with what's happening today. It, it doesn't mean that a coronavirus is fake. It doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can't get sick from something. What what it means is when you have history as an oracle, it shows you how well the present part of that pattern, that cycle of nature and of the patterns of man, the behavior of man, how well that cycle aligns with the past. And so we can kind of see where we're being taken. And, and so what happens is if you notice that when statues are ripped down or they tell you that certain things are offensive, we ha- can't have a Pledge of Allegiance, we can't have a national anthem, we can't have an American flag, you can, or, or wherever you might be in any country in the world, You know, the United States, unfortunately, did this to the people of Iran in the 1950s with the overthrow of Mossadegh. We've done this to a number of countries. And see, that's where we can start to look at history and what's happening today in a a much more powerful context for a couple of different reasons. Number one is when you have the removal of these kinds of things justified because of slavery or something like this, it's not because... You want to remove those scars. You want to completely get rid of the scars. You don't want to leave the scars so you remember. Get rid of all the scars. Get rid of all the perceived and perhaps truly felt pain and suffering and all these things. You get rid of it because you want to do those things again. And you don't want reminders laying around that, you know, we're going to commit mass murder again. We're going to put people in camps again. We're going to do this, 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 or this, right? so you want to get rid of the past so people don't know where they are in the present and they don't know what, what the plan is they don't know what the destination is of where they're going to be led in the perceived and the eventual future when it arrives which the future always arrives in the present moment and we can always look to the past yesterday's present moment a moment ago's present moment in order to understand what's happening in the present and what is going to happen in the and the continual and uh, inevitable future that will occur in the next moment, in the next moment, in the next moment, et cetera. You try to think about it too much, it's, it's almost paradoxical in the sense that it kind of warps your brain, and it's, you just give up thinking about it. But, but the other thing is, you, you, you look at, let's say, you know American history, the idea that America is the bane of all the world, and we are just horrible people. Well, a lot of the world doesn't think that. A lot of the world respects and loves America, and maybe they do so blindly. There are a lot of Americans that, you know, are patriotically blind. And there's this idea, and I and I think maybe more than anywhere, it kind of persists in America that America is the bane of the world, and I think this is born out of a violation of America's most sacred principles and out of the, a violation of the the ideas and the beliefs and the ideologies of the founders. And what I mean by that is, yeah, there are lots of countries that hate the United States. Maybe the people don't so much, but there are a lot of people that hate the United States. Why is that? Is that because, like the founders proposed, we retain our government and our country within the confines of the country, and we have a standing army for defense, not for offensive aggression? We don't try to build an empire. We don't wage wars of aggression. We don't overload the government with power so that it can dictate to us. Government is in place to protect the rights of the people. And the Constitution, for example, doesn't give the people rights. It gives the government rights. And very, very few rights at that. When the government violates that or when a president violates that, they can and should be removed. It is not only the right of the people, it is the duty of the people to overthrow such tyrannies, to overthrow such powers. That's in the Declaration of Independence, right? You know, it's like uh, Nicolas Cage's character in National Treasure. He's like, people don't think that way anymore. People don't write that way anymore. And we don't. We don't because we've been demoralized. And so I've I've been thinking a lot over the weekend because we, there's this idea that America is this horrible place because of all these terrible things, right? And and this kind of is 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 inverted because America isn't a terrible place because of America standing for freedom or equality or a beacon of hope. America is a terrible place despite all of those things like equality and liberty. And you can say, well, there there was no equality because women this and, well, there was nothing in the Constitution that prevented women from being anything more than equal. Later, you you have an amendment to ensure women have the right to vote. And the founders did not want slavery for the most part. Some, some owned slaves or some f- chose to free slaves or some, you know, chose to you know, refused to participate in, in, in forming a union so long as there were slaves. But people don't understand this history or know this history. It, it doesn't mean that you know, American history is, is pure and there's never been a mistake made. None of that's true, but the United States of America has been a beacon to the rest of the world and has been so successful defeating the most powerful nation on the planet, the most powerful military, the most powerful navy in the world. Just a couple of, you know, guys with some muskets and some socks made out of rags and no shoes, you know, you know, in the most extreme conditions. Defeated the most powerful military. Why? Because the rebels, the revolutionaries, whatever you want to call them, the Continental Army, they had something that the British did not have. They had will and determination. Doesn't mean they weren't beaten down. It doesn't mean they didn't think in a lot of cases things were hopeless. But they had will and determination. They had fire in their hearts. They had the principle of liberty. And the principle of liberty is God ordained, meaning that, yes, this country was divinely favored. But divinely favored not by some guy with a scepter. That would be kind of a little bit hypocritical and weird, right? Because the country was founded after the fact as a result of many different things, whether that was taxation or it was, you know, uh, religious persecution or whatever it might have been of a king with a scepter who rules. So this country wasn't founded on the principle that God was a king with a scepter. It was founded on the principle of divine favor. And the British, a lot of the British soldiers were just, you know, people that didn't make it otherwise in British society. And they had no other choice but to join the military. So they weren't really fighting for the same thing. They weren't fighting for freedom. They weren't fighting, you know, as a means of last resort. So if you think about all of this, And if you saw the promo for tonight, you might tune in to think, what is this guy talking about? I thought we were going to talk about, you know, technology tonight. Well, all of this is important because if you don't understand the history, then you might think, yeah, America is the bane of the world. And you can apply that also not just to Americans. You can apply that to humans because there's a similar idea that all humans are the they're the bane of the world. They're they're. They're they're, they're these terrible creatures that just pollute and violate nature, and it's horrible, and we should do away with humans and all these things. Humans think this, like, you know, I'm bad because I'm a human. You know, we shouldn't pollute. Well, I don't know if there are many people who think we should pollute as a people or as an individual, but that starts with you not polluting. That starts with you not supporting companies that pollute, et cetera, et cetera. And pollution, of course, you know, is, is a problem, but the idea that humans are the bane of the world is born out of a similar misconception that America is the bane of the world is born out of. It's, it's born out of this this, uh, this disingenuous idea that human beings are inherently bad and that a country founded on liberty and freedom, the most that has ever been granted in the world up to the current time is somehow bad. Well, this is a violation of the most sacred concepts of existence, consciousness, life, their relationship to God, and how they supposedly harm the world. These things don't harm the world. Liberty doesn't harm. Consciousness and life don't harm. And with this, life is, is, you know, granted by God liberty, inherent and inalienable. And to degrade it is to harm the world. To degrade humans is to harm the world. To degrade freedom for all in exchange for perceptual equality by targeting certain groups of people. This is a harm to the world. There are these uh, newspaper stories, and this is an interesting thing to talk about. You talk about news and how news is, is crafted today. You know, news is almost exclusively... Just pure, raw propaganda. And news is not safe from you know technological advances. I mean, censorship is one thing, but companies like Google, for example, have spent billions of dollars on programs such as the Digital News Initiative. And the goal of this is what they call news innovation which basically means to make changes in something already established. The definition of innovation, to make changes in something established. Innovation is, is a useless fluff term that means nothing, but Google intends to innovate newspapers, journalism, etc. And it's just by implication that this is a positive thing. So how do they do it? Well, they do what the Washington Post has been doing. They've been using artificially intelligent writing for articles. In 2017 alone, a robo-writer called Heliograph for the Washington Post produced nearly a 1,000 articles. Then you have the the Elon Musk-backed company OpenAI, which has a robot writer called GPT-2, a system known as Deepfake for Text. Deepfake for Text. So you have artificially intelligent-backed journalism, you have deep fake for text and you have deep fake for you know photographs and videos and things like this, making it a lot more difficult to determine what is real and what is fake. This is kind of like the, the memory hole in 1984 and the rewriting of history and the rewriting of headlines in the present to create confusion and to control the narrative and the paradigm which is ever changing and ever developing. And when you have powerful interests that wish to implement these tactics to control people or you have powerful interests that choose to violate the basic and fundamental rights of the individual, that is not the fault of a republic or of liberty as a concept for all people. And it is not the fault of the human being being born. In fact, liberty, life, birth, and by extension, the uh, the altered John Locke statement by Thomas Jefferson, The Pursuit of Happiness, all of these things that are self-evident and inherent are the solutions to those problems. You want equality? Liberty provides you with true equality, but you have to be willing to give it to other people. The results of wars of aggression, empire building, the usage of... Artificial intelligence and propaganda to control narratives. I mean, none of these things are really new. I mean, technologically speaking, yeah, AI is new. But propaganda existed during the American Revolution. It existed during the Civil War. Propaganda existed in biblical times. There's always some form of psychological manipulation to get people to think or to do something that they otherwise maybe wouldn't do. These systems have been so refined now. You look, you look on the, the internet today and you, you read a lot of, you read like New York Times or you read foreign policy. I mean, foreign policy in particular, this globalist publication where the whole world now is thinking, well, yeah, the United States, it's over. It's a good run. But, you know, it's a terrible racist country and they won't take the lead in global politics. So something needs to be done. Maybe we'll implement a, a, a global group body that can help secure cyberspace and can help secure the health care rights of the individual so get rid of all sovereignty and put the control of the world into the hands of a few unelected representatives which ultimately where we're going with this is an impartial that's what they'll tell you an impartial judge what kind of impartial judge two letters, AI, sentient, conscious, artificial intelligence that will direct this new world order. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after break. Don't go anywhere with us. It's going to get a little bit weirder tonight. Samsung has announced the creation of artificial realities with 6G sixth generation technology i'll tell you how that factors and when we come back don't go anywhere right here on the fringe fm
3: This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Teachings, or our website, thesecretteachings.info.
0: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exon, and you're listening to KTLK The Fringe FM.
3: The Secret Teachings T-shirts are now available through T Public and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our occult Arcana shirt the infamous Mam, and of course the blue chicken avian shirts, among others like the paranormal desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top
1: of the page.
2: If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you.
0: I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. You don't have to militarily defeat the republic or any other form of government to be victorious. You merely have to corrupt and demoralize the people, and the system will collapse while the people consume themselves. For some, they'd rather live in a state of artificial Peace, of synthetic peace rather than real peace, because real peace is hard to obtain. Real peace is true liberty, though it's always at threat from someone who wishes to violate it. And so I say it's really, and I, I, I think truly from my heart, it's better to have liberty and live in a state of war than to have false peace but live in servitude or live as a commodity, as a slave, as something someone owned as a piece of property. Slavery didn't go away with the 13th Amendment. Slavery is something that all Americans are subject to through the IRS, through the Federal Reserve, that all citizens on this planet are subject to unless they are entirely off the grid and they are out of the so-called civilized world. Everybody is subject to to one form or another of servitude and enslavement or outright slavery, which means that you are owned as a piece of property. This is occurring in the world today in the 21st century. And while the United States of America has been at the forefront since its founding of attempting, at least, many of the founders attempting to create a more perfect union of states and a more perfect form of government, of course it is flawed. All all governments are flawed, but to give more power to people and to preserve God-given rights in writing to tell government what they can and can't do, these are things we've been talking about recently on the show, and they're really, really easy to comprehend. They're really, really so easy that it's almost complicated because it can't be that easy, right? I was reading a story, which not coincidentally was published on the 4th of July, from Foreign Policy. Welcome to the post-leader world. The United States has abdicated its dominant role. Here's how to fill the gap. And if you read through this article, it says that the United States has abandoned global leadership. But this may have an unexpected upside. When I read that, I was a little bit confused because the United States, although it has taken on a global leadership role, it's not supposed to be leading the globe. The United States government doesn't have the power or the resources to lead the globe. It has the power to protect the rights of the people within the boundaries of the country. That's what the United States are. A unification of states and a federal government that protects the people from the states and protects the people from the overreach of the federal government. This article from Foreign Policy, though, says America is supposed to be a global leader. And as the world loses this positive impact of American exceptionalism, it's not so positive. The simple fact that there is a policy of American exceptionalism and America has acted as a global leader That's kind of part of the problem. That's quite a negative impact that it's had on the country and on the rest of the world. The article says it might also start shedding its downside. Top-down global governance that has favored a small number of nations too often at the expense of the rest. And where I'm going with this is where the ultimate form of control and tyranny will meet us in a global system, not controlled by man, but controlled by machine. You just have to follow along with this story to see where it goes. They say a top-down global governance. And in order to get rid of this global governance, they're happy that America is collapsing or at least withdrawing into its borders as a sovereign nation and not worrying about the rest of the world good, we shouldn't be worrying about the rest of the world because it's not our responsibility to take care of the rest of the world. If you want to come here, you can come here through a legal immigration process. But see, people feel really bad about that because other people deserve you know, to live like I do. So sure, they can come here. I don't want to directly pay for it, but someone else can do it. It's taking advantage of the average person's goodwill and morals. Of course, that's a that's a good thing to want to help other people, right? Well, foreign policy says that the United States withdrawing to itself allows for decentralization of a global government. They're saying that there already is a global government. The United States is running it. And since the United States has decided to withdraw from the World Health Organization and not support the research for a vaccine, backing out of climate agreements and all this, that the United States, in effect, has given up its authority as the world superpower which dominates the globe. And as a result of that, this leaves a void for other countries to become the dominant superpower. The article says, rather than a world by a hegemon, it may be time for one managed by what might be called global clubs. So you mean like the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, which was an extension of the CFR? You mean like the Roundtable Clubs of Cecil Rhodes from the early 20th century? You mean the Club of Rome? The think tanks, the Tavistock Institutes, are those the global clubs that foreign policy are talking about? You read this article. It says the crisis offers the opportunity to transform the global order from one dominated by a single state or a small number of them to a more equal system of global governance. See, here's the problem. The United States is not supposed to be and should not be meddling in the affairs of other countries. The United States should not be playing police officer to the world. The United States should not be dumping billions of dollars into other countries. So when you say, well, the U.S. is bad, the U.S. is evil, the history of the United States is a, it's just a terrible place— well, I agree that we shouldn't be as a country doing these things, but the people that are doing these things are violating the basic principles that this country was founded on. So they don't really represent what this country was founded on as a principle of liberty for all people. You can't group together liberty and a violation of liberty. So all these people that live in the United States, me included, were all guilty, not only because of what our ancestors supposedly did, but we're guilty... Because of what people that abuse their power do. That's ludicrous. The the last time that the Congress declared war was World War II. Congress has the power to declare war. The president does not. Since then, how many wars have we had? How many occupations, invasions, etc. have we had? Sustained occupations of countries. All of this is a violation. Of the Constitution. That means for supporting it, you want to impeach Donald Trump, impeach him because he has continued wars of aggression in violation of his oath of office to support and uphold the Constitution. Congress and the Senate should impeach Donald Trump on that basis alone, period. But that means Obama should have been impeached under the same law of the land, and so should have George Bush, and so should have Bill Clinton, and so should have Bush's father, and so on and so forth. They've all violated the law of the land, and nobody, Congress, doesn't even want to declare war. Do you think they're going to impeach a president based on these these restrictions of powers? No, because this would also restrict their powers. People aren't interested in restricted their own powers. Maybe their opposition, another party, but not their own powers. This article continues. It says, global clubs are a form of government that operates on principles similar to any other club. States voluntarily choose to join an alliance to gain benefits of membership. In return, they agree to comply with certain conditions. You see where this is going yet? The article goes on to describe a number of different types of clubs and give an example about vaccinations and medical treatments, and how we could have a global club for vaccines, the vaccine club. And this vaccine club would allow for the infrastructure to be built and for the defenses to be built against a health crisis like, let's say, COVID-19. And then governments would need to respond, but this global club would then be able to organize with its member states and determine the best form of direction. That's global government, but they're saying, no, the U.S., was running the global government, and now the U.S. has fallen. Now we can get rid of the global. This is what the article says. This isn't just propaganda. This is severely distorted reality. There's a global government run by the U.S. It's a horrible, totalitarian, oppressive police state. And now since the U.S. has said, we're going to go back to taking care of ourselves, you people deal with these problems, we're not going to listen to what you or some unelected group of representatives say, we're good. They tell us, well, the world is collapsing. It's all the U.S.'s fault. Not only is it the U.S.'s fault, but now the U.S. doesn't want to provide support. They're not being a leader. The government of the world is collapsing, so what we need are clubs. We need clubs like the Club of Rome and the CFR and the Trilateral Commission, the Cecil Rhodes Roundtables. We need these things to protect the world. And you don't have to join, but we'll, we'll have a group of countries that join, kind of like the United Nations. And if a country doesn't participate, well, you know, I mean, you saw Star Wars, didn't you? What did the Trade Federation do? And they sent troops in, forced the signing of the treaty with the Queen. Did you ever see Star Wars? Quite accurate. It was written that way intentionally, as was the blaming of. All the things that the that the eventual empire would do. Everything was blamed on the Jedi. The Jedi were responsible for everything. The Jedi were the ones that that overthrew the Republic. No, the Jedi were the preservers of the Republic. What did the Emperor say for a safe and secure society? The article continues. It says the pandemic has made clear that this consensus has broken down and U.S. global leadership evaporated. Rather than build alliances and lead the world to address the pandemic, the United States has walled itself off, refused to participate in international efforts, and sought to shift blame abroad. Well, the blame does come from abroad because the thing started somewhere else. Though if you really want to be fair, COVID-19 was found in waste material back in 2019. So Whatever it is that's being tested for, it's not what you think it is. They're testing for something that naturally exists in the environment. Just like ADHD, where if you have a child who climbs on a jungle gym, this used, this I don't know if it, it still is, this used to be one of the classifications of ADHD. Children who climb on jungle gyms. Children who like shiny things, they're autistic. Well, I think cats kind of like, you know, shiny things that make noise and you know laser pointers, but to a psychologist, this or a doctor, this would be a diagnosis of ADHD. You take something natural and then you say, this is unnormal, we need to put you on drugs. And this is a similar thing that's happening not just within, you know medicine, not just within healthcare, not just within psychology, but you take you know a basic human right your right to self-defense, the basic right of a unification of states or the basic right of a single state to exercise its sovereignty and to defend itself and its people and its way of life. And you make that a horrible thing. Playing on that jungle gym, that means little Bobby, little Timmy, little Johnny, he has got ADHD, needs these drugs, and needs therapy. How dare the United States try to take care of their own people first? How dare the United States... Go back inside, close off their wall, and remain isolated from the rest of the world. How dare they? Who said the United States has to take care of the rest of the world anyway? Who said the United States has that responsibility? Many people have proposed that the U.S. has that responsibility, but we don't have that responsibility, and China doesn't have that responsibility either, though China is the blueprint for the foundation of these clubs. Now, one of these clubs is called... Cyber Club. This is a proposal from foreign policy that in order to secure the Internet and cyberspace, a cyber club could be created, which would allow groups of like-minded states to overcome the impasse of things like regulations on computer hacking, for example. And since nations won't independently act, they think that creating a club will somehow get nations to come together and suddenly agree on regulation? This makes very little sense to me, but they say clubs could enforce those rules by limiting access to their networks to those who do not abide by the rules. Well, if in the article they give Russia, China, and the United States as examples, if Russia, China, and the United States can't agree on regulation for things like computer hacking or international community needs or rules for the internet, internet internet traffic, China just shuts everything down. So if that's the case, what makes you think that Creating a club is suddenly going to bring the U.S., China, and Russia to the table, and they're suddenly going to agree on this. Why do you need a club to do that? Why don't you use diplomats and ambassadors to make these kinds of arguments and agreements? Use senators. That's what the senators are there for. Why do you need to create a global, unelected club of powerful people that are accountable to no one to say, hey, Russia, China, U.S., you won't agree with each other while maintaining your sovereignty, but you'll agree with this global government, right? No, no, no. They told us in the article the global government was the United States. The New World Order was the United States. Now that's collapsing, so we need another order, one of peace and prosperity for all people, a safe and secure society. And you know how liberty dies. It dies to thunderous applause. The article proceeds, consequences could range from slower access to networks to complete exclusion for the most serious and persistent violations. They already do this in China. China is the blueprint. China is the model. One could imagine a similar approach to overcoming great power intransigence in addressing climate change, they say. We could use the same kind of thing for climate change. They act like these are new things. Oh, the, I mean, I don't know who reads foreign policy. But who, I don't know who reads this furthermore and thinks, these are great ideas. The U.S. was the global government, and now it's collapsing, so we need to have clubs, and these clubs will determine things. Well, isn't wasn't that kind of the point of the United Nations anyway? And if the argument was that the United States is this giant global government that's operating through the U.N. and it's collapsing and not working, what makes you think creating other clubs is going to work? You're going to suddenly get countries that don't agree to come together and agree on things they wouldn't otherwise agree on if they hadn't signed up for the club. This gives a new meaning to George Carlin's famous line about the big club. It's a big club and you ain't in it. It's a big club and there will be no sovereignty, no national sovereignty in it. Now, let's think about this big club now. What is this big club? Well, this big club or a series of satellite clubs will be the very thing that they're claiming the United States is supposed to be, which it's not. And that is a global governing authority. That's not what the United States is supposed to be. We should be preserved, much like countries like Japan are. They're very isolationist. To me, that's a very good thing. It's not Japan's responsibility. It's not our responsibility. I'm not responsible for my neighbor. My neighbor has their own property. They take care of their own property. If someone came to take the property from my neighbor, I might help my neighbor defend his property or her property if they chose to ask for help. Otherwise, it's none of my business. It's none of my responsibility. I don't have to act, you know, in theory at least. Now, when you're dealing with what foreign policy is talking about, they're talking about a global system of government that would be more equal more equitable. This is your Agenda 2030. This is the same terminology, equal, equitable, fair, something that, what's that word they always use, sustainable? So they're saying the UN and the United States and these government bodies aren't working, so we need to create a sustainable, equal, tranquil, peaceful, sustainable environment. That's the same rhetoric That's been coming out of the United Nations, the same rhetoric that's been coming out of big think tanks and foundations. How is that? You see what I'm saying? How is that the solution to the there is the only problem is the United States is now refusing to throw its weight behind this global government. So maybe some people are panicking about that. Probably not. I think that this is a well thought out. Game of chess. And we're in constant, perpetual checkmate with powers that perhaps are not from this world, but at least powers that are operating behind the scenes. And what would be the best way, though, to truly bring in that equitable environment? You hear people say, especially if you are in ufology, or if you are, maybe you watched ancient aliens or something like that, or you're into conspiracies, man, you hear people say, you know, how could wealthy billionaires, you know, how could the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, and how could these families and groups be so hell-bent on bringing about this this ultimate global conspiracy, bringing it to, to completion? How could they do this over generations and generations and generations? You know, somebody would just break ranks, and they'd say, I don't, I don't want to do that. Why, why are we doing this? Well, I think the the response to that is also a simple response because, first of all, you you have people that have money and power, and you know their eyes wide shut parties, things that we can't really imagine or fathom. So we're worried about paying a phone bill. These people are worried about if they can overthrow a country. So it's a little bit different of a perspective that I don't think most of us could gauge. But the other thing is, you think about timelessness. It, it seems like so many of these these families and these these powerhouses on the global frontier, these powerhouses of families and networks and businesses, that they're just operating somehow timelessly. And we think about that, think about the timelessness of it, and think think about transgenderism for a moment. What exactly is transgenderism? Sexual confusion, body misidentification, whatever they want to call it. And what exactly are these things when you imply that there's a deeper meaning, why why would you want people to be confused about gender? Let's say that this was an agenda. Why would you want people to be confused about gender? How could there be for generations and generations people that are just following the same standard line? It can't just be because of power corrupting and absolute power corrupting you know absolutely. It has to be something else. Well, just as an example, kind of a riddle, what has no gender and what is timeless and doesn't perceive time the way that humans, biological systems do. Artificial intelligence, machines, robots, they don't have a gender, and they sure as hell don't perceive time the way that we do. They have no emotions. They can be shut off, turned back on. Perhaps there's something more going on here than just global governance and politics and all this stuff. Samsung has announced that with 6th generation technology, they will bring about an ability to replicate people, devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world, a virtual environment. Now imagine this virtual world, this virtual environment, and this global governing system of clubs to create equality among all people being operated by something that is always subjective, right? A computer. The Aurora. The false kingdom of the Antichrist. Think about that when we go to break here. We'll get into it on the other side. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere more after this. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
3: even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM.
0: The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM. TheFringe.fm and www.thesecretteachings.info
2: Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination where the past, present and future all co- coexist on the same timeline A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening.
1: This is Howard Kautz. My website is www.timeloopsolution.com and you are listening to the Secret Teachings Ready Program with Ryan Gable.
3: Hey, this is Marty Leeds, author of the Pie in the English Alphabet series. You can find me at martyleeds33.com and you are listening to the Secret Teachings.
0: ryan gable and this is the secret teachings on the fringe fm you can find us five nights a week monday tuesday wednesday thursday and friday at the same time each night you can also catch a repeat of an episode of the secret teachings directly after the new episode airs again monday through friday on the fringe fm the fringe.fm if you'd like to contact us you can do so at rdgable at yahoo.com that's rdgable at yahoo.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Some of you may have heard that in 2021, not too far away, there's going to be something called the global reset. Or at least in January of 2021, there will be the initial proceedings of the global reset. And I know that a lot of people are kind of excited about this. Some people have purchased currency in other countries thinking that the U.S. dollar will be replaced as the World Reserve. And they'll get to restart and they'll get money or they'll get you know their debt wiped out. And, and this is just another wonderful utopia that's going to come about at some point. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're always looking forward to something big happening, a big event. It's going to be the global economic reset. Finally, it's here. Well, if you think about the global reset, think about it in practical terms. Do you really think that billionaires, multinational, big international corporations— That have more power and more wealth than some small countries. Do you really think that a global alliance of nations through the UN and other world bodies, you really think that all of these powerful agencies, organizations, countries, and people, and especially the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and all the other member banks, the Federal Reserves, you really think they're going to give up all their power and all of their control through debt and currency and just deposit money in your bank account and wipe out your debt? You have to be certifiably insane if you think that's what's going to happen. Now, the global reset is probably going to be a number of things they They talk about it. You can look on their website. You can see Prince Charles the Red Dragon heading this world economic reset the World Economic Forum. You may wonder what I just wonder about what I just said. you know why why do these people want to reset the world? Make it easier for the rest of us? That doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. but what might happen is maybe you don't have as much debt anymore. Maybe you do have more currency, but maybe your debt isn't what it was, and maybe your currency isn't what it was, because now your debt and your currency, your money, is tied to your biometrics. It's tied to whether or not you'll behave, to whether or not you'll do what the World Economic Forum, whether you'll do what the Global Club's as the article from Foreign Policy terms them, global clubs that will replace nations once all sovereignty is stripped away. We'll have global clubs, global initiatives that will take control of the world. Everything will be centralized. Everything will be democratic, though. Don't worry. It will be democratic. Everything will be controlled. You won't have to worry about anything. Everything will be equal. Everything will be fair. Well, on the surface, that kind of sounds like a great idea, but when has that ever worked out? Has equality and freedom ever really worked out? I mean, in the United States of America it kind of has, but that's not the kind of equality and Freedom that they're talking about at the World Economic Forum or they're talking about at the United Nations or they're talking about on the nightly news which is sold out to other countries like China or if not been, you know, outright bought, not so much sold out, but they have been bought by or influenced by, controlled by foreign governments. And this global governing body might need to implement technological advances in the development of a functioning world order. How would they do this? It's quite simple. You use something that's impartial, and you use something that's timeless. If your goal is to create this global order of peace and prosperity, it doesn't really matter how many generations pass Because the machine is always there. The consciousness, the AI, is always there. Doesn't have a gender, doesn't have a timetable, time constraint, except that which you give it, or a gender that which you give it. It simply just is. And so this system would be used to control that new global order, right? Think about this in a practical way. Think about what Samsung has just announced over the weekend. An article from The Independent says that Samsung has revealed plans for sixth-generation technology. I brought this up at my part-time job over the weekend. And I was asking a few people, I said, do you know what 5G is? And someone said, yeah, I know what 5G is. And I, they said, I said, do you know what 6G is? And they said, well, I'm sure, you know, it's just like it's worse than 5G. And I said, well, I don't know if it really has much to do with 5G in the context of, you know, electromagnetic frequencies. And depending on the the, the frequency itself, whether it's high or low or how badly it affects the, the human body and the brain and these kinds of things. But sixth-generation technology, I said, and I got kind of cut off in the conversation. I didn't get to explain it. But I, I sat down and I read this article again and again and again and again. And it says that Samsung, in developing their sixth-generation technology, I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of stunned by this because I wrote this in my book, The Technological Elixir, several years ago. I don't think it makes me a prophet or a genius. I just think that I had my finger on the pulse, and a lot of other people have seen this coming too. This isn't just fifth-generation technology. Don't put that cell tower by my school or by my office or by my home. This is more than that. Samsung and their sixth-generation technology released a research paper. In the research paper, they said, quote, it will be possible to replicate people, devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world. In the research paper published last week, the South Korean smartphone giant stated that there will be three key 6G factors. Immersive extended reality, the literal digital matrix, high fidelity mobile hologram, and digital replicas. This is what I call the invasion of the body snatchers because they're literally snatching your likeness, your body. I'll explain how that's done in a moment. The paper says, quote, with the help of advanced sensors, AI, and communication technologies, it will be possible to replicate physical entities, including people, Devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world. In a 6G environment, through digital twins, you heard me right, digital twins, users will be able to explore and monitor the reality in a virtual world. Well, then it's not reality. It's an artificial reality. It's a virtual reality. Without temporal or spatial constraints, users will be able to observe changes or detect problems remotely through the representation offered by digital trends, kind of like avatars. Such advancements could contribute to the trend of people increasingly working and socializing remotely, with video calls replaced with immersive reality communication enabled by next-generation VR devices and holographic displays. This sixth-generation performance technology, of course, is going to be far more powerful than 5G, which is also far more powerful than all of the other generations of technology, 6G will support a data rate of 1,000 Gbps, 50 times the peak data rate of 5G. You don't think that it could get scarier or weirder. This line right here should do it. But the main user of 6G technology, according to Samsung, it will not be you or me, you or I, I or you. It will be, according to Samsung, machines. And they want machines to utilize this 6G sub-reality, artificially intelligent-driven virtual world by... What's the date? Yep, you guessed it. 2030. The paper says, as the number of connected machines grows exponentially those machines will become dominant users of 6G communication. Remember when John Connor went into the bunker at the end of Terminator 3? And that movie really wasn't that great, I don't think, but I liked a lot of the lines towards the end of the movie. Skynet couldn't be stopped. Skynet was software in cyberspace. It had infiltrated computers in office buildings and dorm rooms. There was no system core. It could not be shut down. Well, Samsung is saying their 6G technology will be utilized by 2030, perhaps by 2026, I think, was even one of the earlier goals. But at least by 2030, it will be utilized primarily by machines. And they say that as the number of connected machines grows exponentially, those machines will become dominant users of 6G communication. This is what the paper says. Now, other users, you know, other users of 6G would include, you know, things like, for people, you know, smartphones, personal radar, indoor mapping, all of this generated by smartphones. And this is according to researchers from the University of Bologna and French Alternative Energies and the Atomic Energy Commission. Now, this gets even weirder if you're following along and you know the history of the atomic bomb and the Atomic Energy Commission and, you know, that... The Department of Energy has dabbled in multiple dimensions. Well, the institutes that I just mentioned announced in May, two months ago, 2020, that they are working on several 6G-related projects with the help of funding from the ATTRACT, the ATRACT Consortium, led by four letters— CERN. So to recap this, people are thinking that 5G is dangerous, and I agree, it's quite poisonous to the human body and to plant and animal life. But 6G is in a completely different league, not so much even that it's dangerous to the body and to the environment, If 5G was the revelation of the method, 6G is the revelation of those who created and who implemented the method. 6G means that people, devices, objects, systems, and places in a virtual world will be replicated. In other words, replacing all biological systems with synthetic systems. To replace the global order and reset the human race. The solution to the human race and to the current global order is a messianic technocracy, where all these natural systems are going to be replaced with synthetic systems. The natural world will be slowly cloned, like people, in order to produce an artificial one that can be logged in and out of. You think this is science fiction? You've been reading too much science fiction. This is science fact. This is now. The question already is, can you believe what you read, hear, see, taste, touch, or smell? Not merely from propaganda or tricky advertisers or marketers, outright lies and deception, but can you believe what you read? Can you believe what you see? Can you believe what you hear? Not because, again, of propaganda or politics, but because of technology. Can you believe what you read? How can you believe what you read when Google, the Washington Post, Elon Musk, the Associated Press, all are using artificial intelligence for writing? Google has funded the Digital News Initiative. The Washington Post has been using AI writing. A robo-writer called Heliograph... Elon Musk's company, OpenAI, which he backs more so than he owns, released a robo-writer called GPT-2, a system known exclusively as deep fakes for text, and the Associated Press has used AI writing for things like sports or other niche stories, even Companies like the USA Today, papers like the USA Today, are moving into this business where news is no longer even Orwellian. News is totally synthetic and derived from a machine. And that's it. And you know that it's not only what you read, what you see, but what you hear. When you have voice mapping technology It's kind of difficult to determine if the sound of my voice right now is Ryan Gable or if the sound of my voice right now is a machine, which took an audio sample of my voice from an old episode of The Secret Teachings and is now simply mimicking my voice with the right tone and pitch and the right emotion and the right balance in between all of this. So you think you're listening to Ryan Gable, but this is actually artificially intelligent Voice replication. Just repeating the sound of my voice and telling you whatever it is that my programmers want you to hear and want you to listen to and believe. Can you really believe what you hear, what you see, what you taste, touch, or smell? Can you believe what you read? It's hard to believe what you see, not just in text, but in Videos and in photographs when you have things like deepfake. In fact, there's a really interesting story that you should go read from Reuters on July 15th. It's called Deepfake Used to Attack Activist Couples Shows New Disinformation Frontier. They talk about this character named Oliver Taylor. Supposedly went to some university. University has no record of him, though. He has no online footprint beyond an account on Quora. And even so, two newspapers published his work, but they failed to confirm his identity. Turns out, his image, the text that was produced and published in newspapers, all of it fake. Or is it? The Reuters report says that Oliver Taylor doesn't exist. His photograph is a deep fake, and all of the things that he's written deep fakes. They can't confirm that this person actually exists. I want you to listen to what the article says towards the end. This is from Reuters just a few days ago. It says the threat is drawing increasing concern in Washington and Silicon Valley. Last year, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff The scumbag warned that computer-generated videos could turn a world leader into a ventriloquist dummy. Last month, Facebook announced the conclusion of its Deepfake Detection Challenge, a competition intended to help researchers automatically identify falsified footage. Last week, online publication, The Daily Beast, revealed a network of deepfake journalists, part of a larger group of bogus personas seeding propaganda online. Now let me paint the real danger here for you if it wasn't apparent. It's not so much that there are deep fakes, you know, they're in pornography, they're in writing, and not just online text on some random website. The Washington Post uses deep fakes for text. Elon Musk utilizes it, Google utilizes it, hell even the Associated Press utilizes it. So can you really believe what you read? Is it accurate? A machine is writing this, and a machine that is programmed is writing this. Can you really believe what you see? Let's let's say that you were reading about something pertaining to whatever you're interested in. It was written by, you know, me. It was written by Ryan Gable. Let's say that my books, let's say my book, The Technological Elixir, which covers a lot of this, my book, The Technological Elixir, It's on the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. You can go there and you can click on the link and you can read reviews and see the pictures and see the book. And a lot of you own a copy of the book. Well, what if one day it was reported that the book doesn't exist and that the author Ryan Gable doesn't exist? We can find no record of him at university, no record of him at a place of employment, no social security number. He doesn't exist. It's like he never existed. Perhaps he never did exist. Perhaps 10 years of radio was all just fraudulent. It was all made-up audio. He wasn't a real person. He's not a real person. Everything that was written is just a computer talking. It's not human. It's fake. It's fraudulent. It's all made up. See, you can use the technology to conceal crimes... You can use the technology to implicate others in crimes and in places that they weren't or saying things they didn't say, like ventriloquism. Or you can use it to take someone who is a threat offline and out of the public forum by claiming that they are simply a deep fake. Their picture is fake. They have no verified background their text is fake it's all a computer all a machine in charge and this is one of the processes by which the human element is removed from the world every time you log online every time you go into your phone every bit of data that's collected one piece after another piece after another piece all this data that's collected it goes somewhere and it doesn't just go to advertisers it doesn't just go to government All that data provides a real-world example of the patterns of behavior that, if replicated, can be used to create an entirely synthetic environment. That synthetic environment is the new virtual world that Samsung and their 6G services proposes to the whole world. Immersive extended reality, high-fidelity mobile holograms, and digital replicas, replacing the natural world and replacing the human body entirely. This is a real-life invasion of the body snatchers. It's like the X-Files mixed with the Twilight Zone, mixed with every dystopic movie you can think of every dystopic story you can think of every alien invasion movie you can think of it's all rolled into one those ideas came from somewhere i'm pretty sure they're not just metaphoric i'm pretty sure they're not just fantasy there's something to this truth especially considering samsung is teaming up with cern to bring about this virtual world run by machines i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings don't go anywhere more After this,
1: you are listening to the secret teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus.
3: Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful?
1: Hates freedom.
0: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info Click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
3: They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats, go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Pair of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it, remember, It was pretty a pretty good, good thing. Guys, no, no can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope.
0: Alex Exum. Hi, I'm Alex Exon, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM.
2: That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you.
1: Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines, and radios, and telephones, and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours, and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch.
0: Ryan Gable and this is the Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Technologies like voice mirroring and voice recognition can be used to map and replicate our voices. There are also applications that prompt photograph taking and storage which help to acquire information about an environment alongside of Things like facial recognition. There is, of course, deep fake technology allowing for the creation of videos edited with the head or more of someone who was never filmed, never photographed. Artificially intelligent systems can do this automatically. The mass collecting of information on individuals allows for patterns to be recognized, for companies to advertise products, or for the possibility accompanied by biometric data and fusible technologies such as digital tattoos to create a cloned version of the individual, the final phase of transhumanism replacing the human body and uploading what they call consciousness into a computer. Not only has the human genome been sequenced and the brain mapped, but also the Earth BioGenome Project intends to catalog and map the genomes of every known animal, plant, and fungus between 2018 and 2018. And 2028, it's almost some kind of scientific endeavor equal to that of Noah's Ark. Rather than bringing all the animals aboard, two of each kind, it's the sequencing of the genome of every animal, plant, and fungus. With synthetic genomes, DNA collecting, behavior mapping, brain mapping, deep fake and voice mirroring, along with our digital avatars, we have unknowingly began the slow process of replacing ourselves. It is a real invasion of the body snatcher scenario. Uploading human consciousness, as we call it, and acquiring the mark of the beast, as we call it, are both incremental processes that are self-fulfilling prophecy, historically patterned by real events, metaphor, and, of course, paranoia. But perhaps we're not dealing with things like Aliens, or demons per se, or demonic forces, or perhaps they're all the same. You know, despite how metaphoric or how symbolic Elon Musk's statement may have been on artificial intelligence, he said, quote, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. So I wrote in my book, The Technological Elixir, Let us not be fooled into accepting the poisoned technological apple and subsequent fall further into nature, into matter, with no hope of ever escaping. This is what I call the technological elixir because technology is offered to us as a savior, as an elixir of life. With this elixir comes all the promises, all the utopian ideas, You will not ever have to work again. You will be given all sustenance. Each morning when you wake up, each night when you go to bed, everything will be taken care of before you can even think about it. That's what technology gives you. No, technology gives that to those who control it. To the rest of us, we get servitude in a way which makes all other forms of past slavery and servitude look like freedom in the true sense of the word. There will be no rebellion. There will be no free thought, whether it's out loud or in the brain, in the mind. You will not be able to think a dissenting thought. Now, you may think that this is fear-mongering or that this is totally crazy. I'm not reading you or speaking to you Something or about something that is pure speculation. It's all based on documented technological advances and the stated goals of many of those people and companies operating and working within the collective industry of technological developments, many of which, most of which I'd imagine, are doing so in a compartmentalized process. Samsung has said just a few days ago, July 18th, that they are going to build and are building it a sixth generation technology service, which will be implemented by 2030. This service is not for humans. This service is for machines. And with this 6G service, it will be possible, they say, to, quote, replicate people, devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world. The three key 6G services include digital replicas, high-fidelity mobile hologram, and immersive extended reality. And this 6G technology will serve not man, but machines by 2030 due to the growing number of machines being connected across the globe. You cannot stop Judgment Day. You cannot stop Skynet. It is inevitable. You're not meant to stop it. You're merely meant to survive it. Samsung saying that 6G technology will be used for machines is disturbing enough in its implication and its overall truth. What perhaps is more disturbing and what might be more disturbing to many of you listening is that Samsung isn't just developing the technology in like a cell tower. 6G projects are being funded from the trek consortium, which is led by CERN, which many have speculated for some time that CERN has the ability to open up portals to other dimensions and other worlds. Even Geordie Rose, the inventor of the quantum computer, said that we'd be able to go into other dimensions and extract resources, and that these dimensional gateways may lead if we are not careful to things, beings, whatever you choose to call them, entities, lovecraftian monsters coming into our world. One can think of the Billy Crystal movie, Monsters Incorporated, where they literally had monsters coming into the human world and feeding off of fear. you think it's a kid's movie, kind of like Bandersnatch, you think it's a happy game. It's not a happy game. It's a nightmare world, and we live in it. You think it's just a kid's movie. It's not just a kid's movie. It's reality. The same speculation may be applied to the atomic bomb as well and to the transformation of matter and the alchemical processes, the detonation of the atomic bomb, the Manhattan Project, and those men working on the Manhattan Project and later the hydrogen bomb are men of the same scientific process that are behind CERN and other large colliders, particle colliders. And there are others around the world. CERN is one of the well-known colliders, which is why I've always said I'm not so concerned with CERN. I'm concerned with the ones that we don't know about. While we focus on CERN, our attention is drawn away from those that are much more powerful, perhaps much larger even. The engineering capabilities are left up to the imagination and the will of those who have the backing to build and support these kinds of things. A lot, of this, a lot has been said about CERN, a lot has been said about atomic weapons and all these things, but let's think about the implementation of a global order run Not by humans, but by machines, because machines can be impartial, right? We looked at a story from foreign policy earlier that said the United States has abandoned its role as a global superpower because it wishes to take care of its own people first. I don't think that that's abandoning its role. I think its role is to take care of its people first, and then we'll see what we can do about the rest of the world as a form of charity and goodwill not as the first step in fulfilling America's destiny to dump all of our resources and wealth into other countries, many of which who just exploit and don't appreciate, or who launch assaults on our country, countries like Israel, for example. Israel should not be receiving a dime, as far as I'm concerned. No country should be receiving foreign aid. If I was president, I'd cut all foreign aid immediately. And then I'd give a speech to the American people like a fireside chat, and explain to them, this is what's really happening. And I'd expect a bullet in the head within about 30 seconds. There are a lot of things that this country does in the United States that the founding fathers did not create the country to do, create the government to do, unified the country, I should say, to do, created the government to do. The power of Declaring war is not in the hands of the president. It's in the hands of Congress. So you want to get rid of Trump? Impeach Trump for the violation of the Constitution. Impeach Obama when he's in office. Impeach Bush when he's in office. All these presidents violated the Constitution. All these presidents violated the law of the land. The fault is not on liberty. The fault is on the violation of the republic. And the fault of people who pollute and companies who pollute is not on My son who's 16 months old, it's not his fault that people are polluting. It's not his fault he's done nothing. It's not his fault. It's not your fault, unless you're guilty of doing such a thing. The human race is not responsible for a few people who do really horrible things. America is not responsible for a few people who do really horrible things in her name. Liberty is the answer. Liberty is not the problem. Freedom is the answer. Freedom is not the problem. You want an example of that? Look at South Dakota. The human race, the spirit, the consciousness, the will of the people is not the problem. It is the solution to the problem. That is, unless... Free will and freedom and liberty are the very things that you need to restrict in order to bring the entire world into subjugation. If that's the case, then yes, freedom and equality and liberty are the very things that are a threat to your plan and to your agenda. A plan, and agenda, which many have pointed out, has seemingly been in development for hundreds of years. And one finds it perhaps strange how such a conspiracy could be carried out from generation to generation i submit that it's not so much familial as it is mechanical machine-like what i mean by that is machines do not have a sense of time unless they're programmed to have a sense of time you know your coffee machine will turn on when you tell it to turn on or you know your maybe you have a uh, you know a stove tell your stove how long to cook something for, to self-clean. But machines don't have a perception of time. Machines also don't have a gender. Machines are, in a sense, timeless. The consciousness of a machine, the artificial intelligence of a machine, created or otherwise expanded upon, would have the ability to carry out a long-standing agenda for generation after generation after generation after generation, or at least be created with the express purpose of carrying out that agenda with a few in the know of the ultimate goal of that agenda. But perhaps it's not so much humans directing it as it is some external force, external-dimensionally, external-terrestrially. And perhaps this force is utilizing the energy and the information in a sophisticated tactic, gathering up all of the data as a machine would, going through all of the data and creating... A map of not only the human genome and the human brain and all the insects, all the fungi, all the animals, as is being done, the human genome has been mapped, the brain has been mapped, and then of course you have the bio genome Project cataloging all the genomes of every animal, plant, and fungus within the next eight years, 10 from 2018. All that data, all the information about what you think, even if you don't post it online, even if you don't search for something, if you type it in, everything is cataloged. Everything is marked. Everything is flagged. What happens if that data is processed in order to create a digital you? When you hear people say, I don't think I'd connect to a computer. I wouldn't upload my consciousness into a machine. Too late. You've already done it. If you're using social media, if you are using your cell phone, if you are using a computer, if you are on the Internet, if you are functioning in society around other people who have these devices, you've already begun the cloning process process you don't have to sit down with elon musk and he puts a brain chip in your head and they extract all your memories and your likes and your dislikes and your passions and your hates for things and then they upload that into a computer system and it takes you a couple of days everything you've already posted thought expressed shared all of that is already in a database and it is used to create the digital clone of you All of the DNA information, all the DNA genetic data, all of that information is used to create a physical synthetic you. This physical synthetic you, combined with the digital version of yourself, comes together with patterns of behavior obtained through monitoring of data and recognition of patterns through algorithms, and so on and so forth, to create a digital, physical, artificial, synthetic you. This digital, synthetic, artificial you is your clone, is your avatar. You better be careful that you don't go to sleep, because if you go to sleep, your real body is snatched. Where does this synthetic, artificial, virtual, digital you reside? Well, it's artificial, it's synthetic, it's not going to survive too well in the physical environment, so what about an environment that is virtual? What about an environment that is immersive and extended? What about XR, extended reality? High-fidelity mobile holograms and digital replicas. A virtual world where your likeness, your information, and your data is programmed into, and the natural world is slowly eroded away in replacement for the digital, synthetic, artificial, extended reality world, which can be logged in and logged out of. This isn't a movie. This is what Samsung is building with CERN. This is what other tech giants are building as we speak. Fifth-generation technology, it might be new to a lot of people. It's very old. Sixth-generation technology is newer, but it's also old in comparison with what's being developed that you'll never hear about. Seventh-generation technology, etc., The fifth generation technology, all the Wi-Fi, all the satellites, the 24-hour internet system of Facebook and Elon Musk and others, the brain chips, the brain mapping, the Neuralink and the Starlink, everything connected to a net of satellites in the sky, a literal Skynet, all of this full spectrum dominance of the planet, radiating the planet, creating a sub-reality that will be the ideal environment for machines. And Samsung even says their sixth generation technology will not be utilized by humans, but in this virtual world where there are digital clones, digital representations of you, where you can experience the real world through a synthetic world, quite a bit disingenuous, wouldn't you say? You can experience the digital world by plugging into it The physical world evaporates. You experience the digital world by plugging into it. And this digital world is controlled by machines. those machines are programmed to do certain things. Machines will utilize the sixth generation technology with support from CERN. And this immersive extended reality becomes the new reality. The hologram becomes the new temporal, the new physical. Digital replicas become the new you. And machines control all of it. You ever try to type in your password on your computer or your phone and forget it? Darn it. What's my password? Why isn't it accepting my password? Is it a capital A? Is it a lowercase a? Is it a y? I just can't remember. What happens when you immerse yourself in this world? And you'll do it without officially consenting. We've all done it. We've all put, off, or put our foot on the first step getting into that pool of cold water. We've slowly stepped onto the second step and the third step, and some of us are already waist deep. What happens when You don't remember your password, let's say, in that environment. You can't send an email and reset your password. Once you connect, you don't unconnect. You don't disconnect. You ever get really excited to do something like watch a movie or play a video game and you sit down and you do it for a while and then over time you you start thinking, I got to take a break from this. But it was really fun and exciting first, and then you kind of, your eyes are burned out, bloodshot. You know, you haven't gotten any exercise, haven't really eaten anything. Imagine a 24-hour world, seven days a week, where time just becomes irrelevant. A virtual world run by machines that will govern the conduct of no longer nations, but a global plantation of batteries that will feed these systems and feed the sixth-generation technology, which will feed the systems all of the energy and all of the power that they would need, a vampiric system of technology to replace the global order and reset the human race with a messianic technocracy a biological system across the whole planet that will be replaced with synthetic systems, a natural world cloned with all available data, a copy of the real world digitally constructed, humans cloned with the same data in order to produce an artificial human in a digital environment, what Samsung calls a digital clone. This is the stated official goal in the white papers of sixth-generation technology to, quote, replicate people, devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world, in a digital environment, a digital world. A new frontier, perhaps the final frontier, not space, but inner space, consciousness, dimensions. And this is why Samsung is working with CERN controlling this new global reset with its technological powers with CERN to bring about something that sounds more like an interdimensional invasion of the body snatchers, not some benign technological development. You really think people that control money that control lives, that control countries, that control the world. You really think these people want to just give you free money? They want to reset the global economy? They want to build AI and they want to build technologies that will help you? I'd imagine that it's far more complicated than that. Perhaps more simple, depending on how you choose to look at it perhaps it's more simple because you realize that the human is easily replaceable with a digital replica. And ultimately, there won't even be a digital replica. There will be large, wide fields where humans are no longer born. They are growing. And that is the human future. If we don't resist the proposal of a messianic technocracy, and if we don't resist the promises that the techno-beast offers us, for a little bit of safety, security, and convenience, of course, things that we should never, ever give into, because we are promised freedom. It's better to have liberty and live in a state of war than to have false peace and live in servitude. A servitude far worse than chains, slavery far worse than being whipped and beaten and forced to pay taxes and give away your property, a slavery in which humans are grown, a slavery in which humans exist only in a digital environment with no ability to think freely, to move about, or to be human, a literal hell on earth where consciousness is not preserved, it is stamped out. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. This is The Fringe FM, the network. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Stay safe, stay informed, and check us out at www.thesecretteachings.info. My book, The Technological Elixir, is available there, as is my book, Occult Arcana and Food Philosophy. You can also subscribe to the archive, All of it on the website. It supports you, the network, and The Secret Teachings. Again, stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Here at The Secret Teachings Radio Show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, food philosophy and the technological elixir you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the fringe fm five nights a week when you subscribe to the show or you buy a book it supports you it supports the network and it supports the secret teachings but even if you don't subscribe you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website and we give away one free show a week www.thesecretteachings.info
1: are listening to the secret teachings with your host ryan gable to contact ryan email rd at yahoo.com a woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus
3: come on there are plenty of amazing women politicians
1: name one
3: uh senator hillary rodham clinton awful how is she awful hates freedom
0: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
3: Now you're infecting my memory with your memory. And I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it, guys. Remember, it was That's pretty good thing. Guys, no, Can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, OK? Distorting facts, it, like, basically changes history. You know It's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery
0: slope. Alex Exum. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM.